Well, welcome this morning to Palm Vista Community Church. We're continuing our series on the five solas of the Reformation. And Al mentioned those a moment ago. Um, Scripture alone, Christ alone, this morning, grace alone, faith alone, and glory to God alone. And these really are, we're celebrating 500 years since the start of the Protestant Reformation. And I'm excited this morning to teach you from uh, Ephesians 2, chapter 1 through 10, about grace alone. I'm, I'm excited because there are few doctrines in the Christian faith as exciting and liberating as the one that we're going to hear about this morning, that salvation is by grace alone, grace alone. So um, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to dig in to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. If you don't have a Bible, we have a few back here for you. I would love for you, as we read God's Word, to have it open in front of you. I want you to be interacting with the Scripture yourself as, as we're praying and reading through His Word this morning. Well, Lord, we come uh, this morning under Your Word, Father. It is, it is Your Scripture spoken to us, and, and it is that that changes our hearts, Lord. So I pray, God, that Your Word would be active this morning. Would You encourage hearts through your scripture? Would you convict spirits, Lord? Would you, would you give us new hearts and new lives as we hear your word uh, this morning? Would you work through us? Would you work through me this morning um, in your word? In Jesus' name, amen. So Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 1. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom you all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Amen. Well, in college... I had a couple of roommates, and one of my roommates was this German guy, and he had this terrible habit of eating half of something and then putting it back in the fridge. So we would find, you know, half a beer that had like saran wrap over the top, or half a piece of pizza, or half a Tupperware full of mac and cheese. And uh, inevitably what would happen, because you're in college and you're always getting free food, that stuff would get pushed to the back of the fridge further and further and further until... You know, it got forgotten about. It would grow a little cold, a little stale, grow a little something else. And, um, and it would become neglected until eventually we'd clean the fridge out and throw it out. And, and here's, here's my prayer this morning, church, is that I think for some of us, grace has become neglected in the back of the fridge. It's that, it's that, 
that truth that perhaps we heard about, we've heard about before. It's a word that we've heard many times, but, but it's not one that we think about a lot. It's grown a little stale. It's lost its zing. It's lost that flavor that it used to have. And I want us to revisit grace this morning. I want to serve up for you a fresh, hot plate of grace. And that, that it would, we would dig into it this morning as we dig into this truth of sola gratia, grace alone. And that as we explore this morning the immeasurable riches of God's grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus, that you would have a fresh hunger to understand his grace, to live by his grace, and to boast in his grace this morning. And so we're going to dig into this passage starting in verse 1 where Paul starts here in chapter 2 verse 1, which is starting with our position before God apart from grace. So take a look at verse 1. He says, and you were dead. And you were dead. Apart from grace, we are dead, spiritually dead. We are unresponsive to God. We're unaware of our plight. We have no way to save ourselves. See, apart from God, we are dead corpses. Um, we're, like, we're like a dead man on a ship that's sinking fast. Right? We have no way to save ourselves. We're unaware of our plight. Not that there's much a dead man could do for himself anyways, but, but we, are, we are dead and we are sinking fast. And that is our position apart from Christ's work. And we need a rescue. We need a resuscitation and we need a rescue. But in fact, our position is, is actually worse than that. We're worse than just a dead man on a ship that's sinking. Because here we read that not only are we dead, but we are actively dead. We're not just passively dead. Take a look. It continues in verse 1. You were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. In which you once walked. So we're not just dead men, but we're active dead men. And he describes a few ways in which we are dead. He says uh, that we uh, were following the course of the world, following the prince of the power of the air. He goes on and continues that we once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. And so here we are, dead men, but not just passively dead, but actively dead. You might say, walking dead. All right? Look, I'm a huge fan. Yeah, I know, it's a terrible zombie graphic. I'm not a, I'm not a big fan of zombies, all right? I watched the first half of the first episode of the Walking Dead series, and then I went and cried in my room and prepared for the apocalypse. So... That's as close as I'm going to get to a real zombie graphic on a Sunday morning. But we are, we are walking dead. We're not just dead. We're not just passively dead. We were not just that passively dead. We were actively dead. We were enemies of God. We were corpses come alive actively opposing God. And that is what we're, what's being described here in chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, that we were zombies opposing God. We embraced the world. We embraced Satan's plan for the world. We, we embraced our flesh and so opposed God, both um, helplessly sinking on this ship and actively making it sink faster as we opposed God and had nothing to do with rescuing ourselves. But it gets worse. <laughs> because not only were we dead and actively dead and pursuing death, but we were by nature dead. Verse 3, it says, And we were like them and by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. So when Adam, when Adam sinned, in him all of mankind sinned. When Adam sinned, he was the only one to be born 
Apart from Christ, the only one to be born without this sin nature, this corrupt nature. And, and when he sinned, everyone since him, every man and woman alive since then and dead, has been born with every part of their, every part of their being and their nature touched by the corruption of sin. And so we are born not only um, with a desire for sin, we're born corrupt by sin and with a propensity to sin. And so we are here before God as those who are helpless, hopeless, and having no interest in a cure. It's not like in the zombie movies where a zombie bites you and all of a sudden you become a zombie. Here, we're born zombies. We're born dead. Uh, we're born with that, with that disease already in us. And so we come to verse 4. As those who stand before God condemned, uh, condemned, helpless and rebellious with no interest in a cure. We are children of wrath. And then the two, my two favorite words, this entire verse, the most beautiful words in this entire passage. In verse 4, but God, but God, we were dead, but God, we were rebellious, but God, we were his enemies, but God, we were corpses sinking fast on a ship, running towards hell, but God, but God, being rich in mercy because of the great love which with, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. Amen, church. Is that not a glorious truth? We were dead. We were his enemies. We were corrupt to the core. We were corrupt. But God... But God, oh church, let us not take this for granted. This is not a, a, a Tupperware we should close up and push to the back of the fridge. This, this should remain fresh in our hearts. And may it be fresh for you this morning that God, when you were his enemy, when you wanted nothing to do with him, he breathed life into your dead soul. He breathed life into your dead corpse. And he gave you new life, spiritual life. He made you alive to him. He gave you a desire for him when you wanted nothing to do with him. This is our God, church. This is sola gratia. This is grace alone. We are no longer chained to a sinking ship, but we are destined for God's eternity. And this grace didn't come cheap. This wasn't um, just God looking the other way. This is, this is purchased for us. He didn't just jump in and dive in and rescue us from this sinking ship. He himself went down with the ship that we sunk. See, Christ died on the cross, and in doing so, he took our sin. He took what we deserved, the death we deserved. He took our curse on himself. He took our disease on himself, and he died in our place. This is not cheap grace. This is not uh, microwave dinners. This is, this is expensive grace. This is valuable grace. This is incredible grace, generous grace. And so he died and suffered in our place and he sunk and he took the death that we deserved and then he conquered death and he rose from the grave and we share in his victory this morning. And he ascended into heaven and is now seated at the Father's side. And so we find that now instead of being children of wrath, like the rest of mankind, we're now God's children. We're now God's children. No longer children of wrath, but we're God's children. As he rose into heaven, we read in verse 5 that he made us alive together with Christ. And in verse 6, he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places. So we share in his cure and we share in his victory. 
And now as Christians, as those who have been called by God and made together with Him, we, we are united with Christ and raised up with Him that we might reign with Him now and in eternity. We share in a position of honor and of glory and of power that we didn't deserve, that we don't earn. We share in the inheritance that Christ deserves, that Christ earned. And we share in that as former enemies of His, as those who worked to undo everything God had planned for this world. We worked to undo. And yet He made us His children. How incredible is that? How incredible is that? And so, as His people, we have been brought from death to life by grace alone. And Paul, in this letter, he is, he is so excited about grace, which I hope you are excited about grace as well this morning. He is so excited that twice in this verse, he interrupts himself just to make sure you're getting the point. Take a look. Verse 5, he says, By grace you have been saved. He jumps in again in verse 8. He says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no man may boast. There is nothing for us to boast in this morning. It is all by grace. It is by grace. It is by grace. And he wants us to be 100% sure. God wants you to be 100% clear this morning. It is by grace you have been saved, not a result of works, so that no man may boast. And it's helpful, I think, to take a moment to, to define what do we mean by grace. Grace is God's unmerited favor, his undeserved kindness towards those who don't deserve it. Grace is being rescued by your sworn enemy. Grace is being given everything when you have nothing to give in return. Grace is being made alive by the very one you killed. It's favor and kindness that you don't deserve, that you did not earn, and that you cannot repay. That is grace. That is gratia. That is sola gratia, by grace alone. And as Christians, we can never move beyond delighting in this grace. It's not that grace is something we're given as a Christian to, to save us. And then as we mature in the gospel, as we mature in Christ, we move on to other more important doctrines, more serious doctrines, more complex doctrines. No, grace, grace is where we start, it's where we end, it's where we remain, it is where we go deeper and deeper and deeper. And as we mature in Christ, we only go deeper into grace. We go further into grace. We grow more and more aware of how desperately we need God's grace. See, you know a mature Christian from an immature Christian because a mature Christian knows so much more how much they need grace. That is maturity, church, is growing more and more in our love for this grace, in our need for this grace, in our understanding of how much we need it. You know, every college roommate's, every college dorm fridge at times run low, runs a little bit low on supplies, right? That's why all the 20-somethings are coming over to our house this afternoon to eat, um, because we know they don't have any food, right? Fridges run low, but God's grace never runs low. He never runs out. There is no exhausting this supply of grace and mercy and kindness. Verse 4 says, But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, God is rich in mercy. Amen. And not just a little rich. He is 
rich in mercy. He is incredibly rich. He is obscenely rich with his mercy. This love, this great love, that means great love. That means great, 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 incredible love. This is an inexhaustible supply of love and grace and mercy that our God has for us. This mercy is to the desperate and to the helpless, and it does not run out. Verse 7 says, we were made alive so that in the coming ages, he might show how much riches, the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Not just a little bit of riches, not just some of his riches, the immeasurable riches. There is no measuring, there's no number you can put on how much rich, how rich God is in grace and kindness and mercy and love towards you. There's no reaching the end of it. It's immeasurable. Immeasurable. And perhaps some of you this morning feel like you've perhaps run to the end of God's grace. Maybe you feel like you've exhausted his supply for you. Perhaps you're trapped in a cycle of besetting sin. There's an area of struggle that you just keep fighting and fighting and fighting. And you feel like, look, I I just don't know if I can go back again. I've asked before. He's given it to me, but gosh, I don't know. Is there really more grace for me here? Can God really continue forgiving me in this area? Can I really keep going? Oh, church, there is more grace. Perhaps you're weighed down with the guilt of shame and failure, and you feel like you haven't met expectations of others, of yourself, of those around you, and you're discouraged. Is there grace to continue? Let me tell you, church, there is more grace. His grace is inexhaustible for you. It's unreachable. You cannot measure it. You cannot exhaust it. You cannot come to the end of it. There is more and more and more of this lavish grace. And that is, there's more grace for you no matter where you find yourself this morning. If you're an exhausted mother today and you feel like you have no more grace and patience, there is more for you in Christ. He forgives and he loves you. If you're a busy, overworked student at the end of yourself, you haven't slept in 14 days, there is grace for you this morning. There is grace for you. If you are overworked and underappreciated at the office, you have grace for you. There is grace this morning. Perhaps you have dreams. There was, uh, we were mentioning earlier this, this idea of loss. Perhaps you have lost something significant, whether it's a loved one, whether there's dreams or, or, or purpose in your life that you felt God was leading you in a certain direction and, and you've lost something. There's been failure. There's been things taken away from you. And this morning, you don't know, is there grace to continue? Is there grace to go on? How do I, how do I get up the next day and keep going? How do I pick myself back up and, and start again? By grace. <laughs> but God, because his rich and mercy, because of the great love with which he loved you, made us alive. And his grace is immeasurable. His riches of his grace and kindness in Christ Jesus have no end. And they have no end for you this morning. And this is, this is a beautiful truth, church. Because our God is, is rich. But he's not just rich, he's generous. He's generous. I was reading recently about um, a, a story of, uh, who was it? Melinda, I, I can't even find it in my notes. I'm sitting here looking at my notes. Thank you, Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp recently was at a steakhouse. And, uh, you know, as he finished his meal... He left behind a $4,000 tip, which I thought was a little bit generous. 
And um, honestly, if there's anybody here this morning that would like to leave a little tip, you know, 4,000 bucks, you can drop it off at the guest reception table. Be happy to receive that. But we have a God who is rich. He is insanely wealthy, and he's not stingy with his wealth. He gives generously. He gives generously. And so, so my prayer this morning, church, is that we would leave this morning being, being overwhelmed by the generosity of our God. Overwhelmed by the generosity of our God. You see, this, this, um, this grace that he's showing off, this immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness that he wants to show off in your life, it's not just for this life. He's got ages and ages and ages to come that he is going to continue, not just pouring out grace for you today, because he has grace for you today, and he has grace for you tomorrow, but he has grace for you in a year, in a month, and in 500 years, and in 10,000 years, and in 200 million years. When time has ended, there is still more grace to be had. And he's going to show off his riches, his grace to you forever and ever. And that should give us courage, friends. Courage in the face of sin. Courage in the face of failure. Courage in the face of loss. To get up and go again. Because we have God who has more grace. He has more grace for you. And he has more grace for me. He is obscenely generous. And this grace, it's to sustain us. This idea that we are saved by grace That word saved by grace, it's not just that we are saved once. It has this idea of we were saved once and then we remain forever in that state of being saved. And so it is that we are saved and remain forever saved because of Christ's work on the cross. But we're not done (laughs) because this grace isn't just for salvation and sustaining us. It's also our works are his workmanship. Take a look at verse 10. It says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And so we are saved by grace alone. We are sustained by grace alone. And our good works are by grace alone. Good works are not the way that we pay back God for his grace. Let me say that again. Good works are not the way we pay God back for his grace. Good works are are more grace to us. Good works are God's gift to us, not our gift to him. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Our obedience is also God's undeserved kindness to us. Apart from Christ, you would not obey. Apart from Christ, you might do some good things, but you wouldn't do them the way God has commanded you. You wouldn't do them with the heart that he has given you. This is, this is God's kindness that he gives us, not only salvation, not only sustains us, but he gives us our works. He gives us good works to do, and he empowers us to do them, and he equips us for them. And so we can step up and continue and work and, and study. We can... We can fight sin with confidence because we know that that God is at work in us and he has prepared the good works for us. We can share the gospel with courage in our workplaces, in our schools, as a gift from God, him speaking through us. We can be generous. We can live for a life to come and not for this life. And so this morning, I I pray that that would be us, church, that we would be those that that are hungry for grace. We are, we are hungering for it, and we, we are famished for grace. And that we are filled as we go to his word, as we spend time with other Christians, as we pray, as we worship together, that we would be filled, we would take deep, deep drinks, that we would take huge bites of grace and chew it and savor it, and it would fill us up. 
And if you're here this morning and, and you've never experienced this kind of grace, perhaps you don't know Christ as your Savior, you haven't received this kind of grace, I want to beg with you, plead with you this morning to turn, to repent, to repent and turn to Christ, to let Him give you new life, to give, let Him breathe Breathe life into your dead body and raise you from the dead. If he is moving on your heart this morning, respond to his initiation. Respond to him and and take this grace that he has offered to you. And church, this week, every time I pray that you go and open the fridge this week to look for, I don't know, mac and cheese or, you know, eggs or something, that you would be reminded, that you would be reminded that God's grace is inexhaustible. As you take the last um, egg out of the cart, and you remember that his grace never runs out. There's never an end to his inexhaustible mercy and grace for you in Christ Jesus. And, and as the cool, luxurious breeze from the fridge blows on you this morning, you would be reminded of this grace and kindness that we have been saved by grace. We are sustained by grace. And our God is obscenely generous with his grace and his lavish and measurable riches of his grace and kindness towards you in Christ Jesus. Amen? Well, let's pray. And worship team, please join me. I'd love to sing uh, Amazing Grace this morning. Well, Father, thank you that you have, you have lavished your grace on us. Thank you that you are not a stingy God today. You are not a God who holds back for himself his will, the wealth of his riches. Lord, you did not have to send your son You did not have to come and die in our place, Lord. You did not have to suffer our death. You did not have to take on yourself the the sickness that we we deserve, Lord, that, that was our sickness. You took on yourself. You didn't have to do that for us, Lord, but you have. And we come this morning and say, thank you, Lord. I pray that you would, you would give us a fresh hunger for grace. Give us a fresh appetite for your mercy and for your kindness. That we would, we would not boast in anything. Not in anything. No riches, no power, no wisdom. But we would boast in you and what you have done, Lord Jesus. It would boast in you and you alone. Lord, I, I thank you that, that when all the rest of this world fades, when, when the money in the banks and our bank accounts run out, when, when everything that we have, Lord, eventually will, will fade and go away, Lord, there is one thing that will remain, and that is your grace, your love, and your kindness. This earth will sh- soon dissolve like snow. The sun will forbear to shine. But God, who called us here below, will be forever ours. Lord, forever you will be ours because of what you have done on the cross. And I pray we would celebrate that today, that we would celebrate that this week, that we would celebrate that next month and in a year from now. We wouldn't grow tired and this would not grow old to us, but it would only grow sweeter. We would only grow more and more desperate for it, Lord, as we grow more and more aware of how much you have saved us from and how much we need you this morning and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Well, please stand and let's sing Amazing Grace.